Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 141. Uh, the Deadly Duo is back. The Daniele De Rossi to my David Pissarro, or vice versa. Uh, it's Imran. How are you, Imran? Good, thank you. Was Is Pizarro and De Rossi a good duo? Could we, could we went with Totti and Cassano? Yeah. Uh, Either or. Mexis Kivo. Yeah, Mexis uh, Kivo, built before Kivo. Before he yeah, pissed, yeah. pissed off yeah, and went yeah. for the money at Inter and then, yeah, won the treble. But, yeah, um, we digress. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be talking about Roma's defeat in Florence 2-0 uh, uh, to Fiorentina last night. Maybe some refereeing controversy in the game. Talk about the referee in, in Serie A this, this weekend. Maybe the review system that could be coming into, uh, into play from next season. And some listeners' questions. So, Imran, off the bat, Fiorentina 2, Roma 0. Not the best Monday night in Florence for Roma. Um, was it to be expected after the high of Thursday night and the exploits and what happened reaching the, the Conference League final? Was this the low that maybe some of us Roma fans were expecting against a, a team that is also fighting for European football for next season in Fiorentina? Well, not to this extent. Um could have, we could have expected some fatigue, but uh, I'm not. I, I will still not be too harsh in my analysis and assessment of the game because I think when you have a referee <clears throat> who unfortunately gives a penalty away so early in the game in that way, which I found, you know, completely. Ridiculous! I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's an incredible decision. It's, uh, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't happen on this level because this is football uh, contact. Mm, it's a contact sport. sport. It is a contact sport. Some contact should be allowed. If not, then, you know the slightest of touches can be <laughs> touches can be given fouls, uh, penalties, free kicks, right, left, and mm. that's not the purpose. So I I found that decision, you know, really incredible. I when he went to VAR, uh, VAR I was uh, I was certain that he would not give a penalty, but but that's what he did. I think that has to be taken into consideration because you're coming off uh, some really intense and tough weeks uh, with uh, not so much rotation. We saw on Thursday that a lot of players, a lot of these players were exhausted, fatigued and uh, cramping up at the end of of their individual performances. That, that tells a lot about how hard they had to work for that. Mm victory with only three four days uh, you know rest from uh, from the previous game so of course all of that has to be taken into consideration and when you go into that game uh, you face Fiorentina fresh off of course you're going to be on the front foot so you have to be tactically clever you have to be tactically solid you you have to wait for the right moments to arrive in the game 
which you hopefully can penalize your opponent on. It doesn't really help when you have uh, a situation where the referee basically gives you a handicap of minus one in the way he did. Straight off the bat, not even straight a couple off, of minutes in. Minutes in sorry. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly you have to climb a mountain, and it becomes really difficult to do that um, with uh, those legs. And then, again, we we never really had a chance in the game. We were we were not close to creating anything um, which was productive enough uh, to ter- you know to turn into goal goal scoring chances. It, it was a really poor performance, and the defending on the second goal was you know, incredibly yeah. poor. Ibanez, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and Zaleski, yeah, yeah, uh, because he just um, keeps backing, backing, backing. You know. Uh, so that was uh, that was incredibly poor, and after that, it it, it was just too difficult uh, to turn the game around. And uh, then, of course, you can ask the questions: uh, Should there have been more rotations? Uh, because if you have players not hundred percent, you know that players are not going to be up for it. Uh, um, if you if you end up in a situation where you have to you have to apply pressure in a different way because there are many, you know, a coach always has to think about different scenarios uh, that can occur during a game which, in which you have to completely change your whole tactical plan. It could be early red card setting off. It changes the whole balance, the whole purpose of the game or your, your whole uh, preparation into that game. Uh, secondly, if you get a penalty, a ridiculous, stupid penalty like that, uh, injuries uh, on key players. Uh, so a lot of these unexpected, I wouldn't say unexpected now with the ways the referees have been doing, but you, you don't want them to be as influential as they have been. And unfortunately, yesterday they were that, which made it even more difficult for us. But I, I'm not going to read too much we're not going to draw drastic conclusions based on yesterday's game because um, there's a lot of there are a lot of things around that which needs a lot of context. We need to be taken into consideration, and when you do that, it's easier to accept the result hmm. and move on. Yeah, you don't need to jump the gun so easily. Um, we, we, I think, with the exploits of um, Thursday night. The not so deep squad to get this far into the the conference league to get to the final. Sorry, um, we're fighting for fifth with a couple of other clubs. Um, Atalanta won at the weekend. Now Fiorentina won against Roma. So there's there's three teams on fifty nine, uh, but Roma have the better head to head on both. Is it both teams now? They definitely have the better head to head against Atalanta. I think last night was it on goals scored or some it's ridiculous or winning the first game 3-1 and then losing the second game 2-0 yes it's quite interesting but uh, it's all trying to catch Lazio who they played is it in six days time against Juventus while Roma play on Saturday against Venezia so it's all to it's all to play for um on the performance yesterday it was quite sluggish I I thought I watched the whole 90 minutes and thinking actually I watched the last 80 minutes thinking oh god don't concede again it's damage limitations at 2-0 after about 11 minutes and then when the third went in I was thinking uh oh but then it was uh, ruled out for offside just on Nico Gonzalez I was thinking 
Do you remember that Coppa Italia game in January 2019? Where Fiorentina. Oh, <laughs> Fiorentina... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where Fiorentina smashed Roma seven one. I was thinking, <laughs> shit. Um, don't don't do this again. That was a midweek Coppa Italia game, which um, kicked off early, and I was just thinking uh, that was. Uh, I was I was in my head. I was thinking, oh, not again. But that was the dying embers of Di Francesco at Roma. But um, on the penalty, um, I've watched a bit of Fiorentina this season. Um, I've been impressed with them this season, and I think I go on to the tactics that Italiano, Italiano used against Mourinho yesterday, and I totally, totally out outfoxed him. Um, but on Nico Gonzalez, he's a player that I like, and he's he's, he's a, he started well, but he had a bit of a slow period. But he likes a bit of contact on him and he goes down so easily. I was going to make the joke on social media. Yes. He spends more time on the grass on the floor that he's one step closer to setting up an only fans account. But yeah, it's just <laughs> ridiculously, but he's a really talented player. He went down at so easily. It was a lazy, lazy challenge from cars. But it was lazy defending it like against a player who likes the, the, the contact and it went down so theatrically. It's frustrating. As you said, it was already a handicap already. Um, would, you re- would you really blame Karlsdorp? I think, okay, it, it looks a bit... Um, he, it looks a bit uh, difficult to defend mm. against because, like you say, he's a very technical player. But, you know, it's, it's not a clumsy challenge because no. he, he sticks his legs out, but... You know, as quick as he sticks his leg out, he takes he it back. It back so, yeah. And and you know that slight touch. Come on, that's 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 really that's really enough for me. You know, because the the level of and then the standard of refereeing has been incredibly poor, and that tops it for me. I mean, yeah. if you want to show, if you want, uh, you know, uh, if you want to show someone like a review of uh, the refereeing this season, you can just show that incident and it will be enough. They would understand. They don't need to watch anyone, anything else because that's, that's one of the worst decisions I've seen in a very long time to give a penalty there. I could probably top it. I'll come on to talk about that this weekend um, from the Venezia Bologna game. Um, I'll come to talk about refereeing in Serie A um, this weekend in a bit. Um, But, Imran, there is a thread on social media someone posted of all the contentious decisions that have gone against Roma this season in Serie A over VAR and stuff like that. It's it's quite damning. There is some weird, is. some strange officiating and some strange I decisions. It, there are, but I think also, it, you know, Italian football has always been very different from yeah. other European countries. Yeah, agreed. The, the blow whistle for the slightest challenges players seek challenges in the middle of the pitch they want free kick for no reason whatsoever just to slow down the game or whatever and the referees they've been doing it all the all these years i mean throughout ever since i've been watching and it became even more and the game has lost a lot of pace uh, due to that it's uh, and when you see the Italian teams playing in Europe, they expect some of the same level in Europe and they don't get the decisions in their favor. Mm. And if you look and that's, that's one of the reasons the penalties are given 
And do you have people like Capello coming out every week complaining about the lack of pace and tempo in Italian football and the fact that Italian referees, they slow, they contribute, they are a huge factor which contribute to slowing down the pace by giving away ridiculous, stupid free kick, unnecessary free kicks. We just, they just, uh, they just stagnate the whole tempo, the intensity of the game, and um, it doesn't help when you have when you have penalties, penalties giving like the one which was given yesterday. It just, you know, it, that's just end results uh, of the. Of the, I would say it might sound a bit harsh, but the state of Italian football. No, I agree. Do you think the officiating's got worse since the introduction of VAR? I think the first season was really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was VAR. it 2018, first, 19? Was it 17, 18? I think it was 17, eight, oh, 17 18 or 18, yeah. like, something like that. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think the first season was good. VAR was used... Uh, as uh, you know, as an addition to the referees, and it worked really good. But then, I think the development and the direction in which VAR has gone into uh, has been the wrong direction. Uh, and now they're speaking about, yeah, we'll come to it. Cricket type of uh, <laughs> yeah, the review system. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring up. Um, uh, I said something about Italiano's tactics earlier. I thought Fiorentina were outstanding. I think their tactics was to push the two wingers onto the two uh, wing backs and ping them back to make Roma defend with a back five. I think they targeted Roma's left-hand side, which was Nicolas Zaleski and Roger Ibanez. Uh When Roger Ibanez has a bad game, he does have a bad game. And yesterday was one of them. He doesn't have them that often. There's still a little bit of rawness in him, but Jonathan Nakone, the former Lille winger, um, mm. oh, just danced around both Zaleski and um, and Abanez. Poor Mancini got given a little bit of the run around on the other side. But yeah, I was really impressed with Fiorentina. They they passed the ball at the end. I think Roma gave up probably with about fifteen minutes to go, maybe a little bit before that. Um, but for me, I don't know if, if to you, I think the best highlight of the night was the introduction of um, Spinazzola with a couple of minutes to go um, on his comeback after his Achilles injury in the Euros. Um, it was good to see Spinner get a couple of minutes right at the end. Um, I wonder if he'll get a few moments in the last couple of Serie A games. Yeah, um, that was um, undoubtedly the biggest consolation of today. Uh, and for him, it was very emotional uh, and I was really happy for him. Uh, that he made the comeback, and um, like you said, it's uh, it's a confirmation, it's a receipt that you've been working good hmm. and that you made it. It's been, like he said, ten months. He's been waiting for this moment to arrive, and when it finally does, it's like a psychological barrier, uh, like you cross that barrier because it's been always there, and you can get, you can really get. Um, the back of your head so I'm really happy for him uh, whether he will play more or not remains to be seen I think he's not ready for 90 minutes but I would I think it's Mourinho's right to give him um, some minutes uh, in the end of the game and I, I see no reason he shouldn't do it against Venezia but uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush him I wouldn't aim 
uh, any higher than that for now at least no i completely agree um if the game is wrapped up on saturday and sadly venezia is or are condemned to Serie B. There's no harm of Jose bringing him on and giving him some minutes at the end. And also, you have to factor that the game against Torino will probably maybe be played on Saturday before the Wednesday. So, I wonder if Jose will heavily rotate for that game. But that is what twelve days away, and the final's not until the twenty fifth. So we're just thinking a little bit too far ahead. So it's something to think about, isn't it? It it is it is. But um, I hope they will move the game. Oh. Uh, to have this Friday to ah, yeah. facilitate. Yeah. There, are, there have been some calls for that. And um, I think uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't do that. Uh, Torino had nothing to play for. Roma will most likely... Finish 5th uh, or 6th or 7th, one of the three. Yeah, I think uh, I think f- a game of Friday will be ideal. Mm. And... Uh, if they do that, then of course it, it changes a bit because two days of rest can make a huge difference. With that, do you think they they will move the Lazio game, Fiorentina game, and the Atalanta game for a Friday night also another four way blowout? They have to, wouldn't they? Because it's the it's the final game of the season. Yeah, but the question is whether they will accept it. Yeah, true. No, why would they be? Why would they accept it? But I don't know if they have to, but they should. Yeah, it's something to think about in in the back of their minds. But knowing how Italian football works, Roma will probably be playing Saturday night or Sunday evening <laughs> before yeah. going to really screw Roma over going into a, a Conference League final. Um, but yeah, uh, that's something to think about later on in in in, in May. Um, talking about, I said about officiating in Serie A. Did you manage to catch any of the other games this weekend? No, no. Okay. Uh, I, I read there was a lot of controversy. Right. I watched the, other games. I watched, yeah, I watched the Venezia Bologna game. Venezia won four three. Um they were two 0 up and uh two two, three two, three three, four three I think it was in the end. Yeah. Dennis Johansson's got an absolute wonder goal right in the end, but Oh my days! The penalty given for um, Gary Medell's challenge on Amaru was, um, yeah, you could see that Medell won the ball, and you could see the ball make a different change of direction. I could see it on the third or fourth replay. They showed the replay about ten or eleven times, and uh, the British commentator over here was still baffled on why they went to VAR and given a penalty there was the Luigi Seppe incident in the Salernitana Calorie game where he came out to catch the ball, lost control of the ball, may have had it in two hands, dropped it and then wiped out a Calorie player which um, was given as a penalty. That was reversed but then Altare scored a couple of minutes later to to give the game one all. Um, me and James, that was know, that, that was a correct decision. Yeah, yeah. The, at the time, you thought, mm, he, yeah. did he have two hands on the ball or not? But yeah, that could have ended up two one calorie if the penalty was given. But calorie scored right in the end. I think they scored in the ninety ninth minute, if I'm not mistaken. But me and James. Um, a couple of weeks ago, was saying that the officiating Serie A has just got a lot worse. Would you agree? I know you had a little bit of a tangent earlier, but it's it's they've it's got worse, hasn't it? It has. Um, 
It has indeed, I would say, because the results are quite obvious. They're in front of us. They happen every week. And like I said, I think with the VAR is being used in in the wrong way and we are heading in the wrong direction. So I'm not happy at all with the development and the way uh, the refereeing has been this season. No, I think me and uh, Nima may have been talking about it. Nima is quite vocal on some of the decisions. Well, Nima is a massive Inter fan and runs an Inter website. And we were talking about it, like, like the fishing like, on social media, that he's seen some stuff that in games has got worse. Like uh, me and you've talked about it on WhatsApp and on here that some of the decisions that we've seen in games, if it's gone in Roma's fashion or hasn't, like there's plenty of times this season where us Roma fans are scratching their heads on the decision. As I mentioned earlier, someone's posted a, a massive thread on, uh, on Twitter and all the incidents that have gone against Roma in games. So you've had the, the AC Milan, uh, the, the Banyas tackle on Slatan, then Kier on Pellegrini, the, the Abraham, Abraham handball. The, the, the one that annoys me the most is Mikitarian getting absolutely pushed in the back against them. San Lizana. The Venezia stuff, it's, that's like a massive middle finger to Roma, isn't it? Yeah. Or an FU. They were basically the same thing. But it may sound like sour grapes. It probably sounds like we're coming up as bitchy and a bit salty. But sometimes we are spouting the truth. It, it no, does. but, you know, I don't think it's just because it's going against us. I can, I can, I'm, you know, I'll gladly accept the refereeing decisions that we have. Uh, that have gone in our favor, which mm. has been wrong. I mean, if you look at the, if if you talk about the Fiorentina game, the penalty we got in oh, the first was that Dragowski? Yeah, Dragowski, and he got a red card. Yeah, that's you know, you can also, if you want to be fair, you can say the same. And that it was, it was not, it was at least more contact than the one yesterday. But it was, I still think it was. Uh, dubious you shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been sent off and yeah i think the worst one is the zaniolo one in the derby where he kicked it fresh air and he was given a penalty and it went to var and uh, uh, we had um jerry mancini on to do the preview and i messaged him after i said no way in god's earth is that a penalty that was a makeup call for the one that he missed in the first half exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It it's so just... it's, it's not just because it's against, I mean, we were in the receive. Sometimes we can be on the receiving end, and sometimes uh, not. So it has nothing to do with that. It, it's just the fact that you want fair refereeing, you want good games, you want to watch quality matches, uh, not being interrupted by poor refereeing decisions or decided by poor refereeing decisions. So. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest issue with it. No, I completely agree. Um, but time will only tell, will it? One of um, because the next topic I want to talk about, we talked about this off pod. Um, they could be bringing a review system like they do in a sport that we watch in cricket. To be honest, I think it works really well in cricket. Um, there are times where the game is slowed down and you're thinking, just get on with the game. Um, there's overs in test cricket that are lost due to the poor over rate, but that's the way that modern cricket's going. 
Um, but and it works out pretty well in tennis. I think it works well in hockey as well. Um, if our Canadian and American listeners will let me know personally and on, on the account if um, the review system works really well in your sport. But how would you feel football going down that route? Would you think it would lose its it lose its way and um, people making silly reviews and time wasting, etc., etc. How would you feel? Well, I don't understand the concept because in cricket and uh, in I don't know about tennis. I don't watch tennis too much, but I know about cricket because in cricket the teams can appeal uh, three times now due to what they brought forward in COVID times in the yes. minute because of Test cricket. Yeah, and if the referees. Uh, not sure for some run out, you can go. Upstairs, you can yeah. Assistant. yeah, you can yeah. go upstairs. That's different because in cricket uh, you don't have uh, you don't have some umpires like we call them in uh, in cricket. You don't have umpires sitting in some box reviewing every deci- every every incident, watching mm. the game, uh, and and can intervene when they see something that the referee or the umpire has not seen. Because it's different for uh, in football, you have you have these people in the VAR box who are continue, you know, watching the whole game and they are picking up incidents, situations which they feel uh, should go to VAR, and then they notify the referee about it. So I don't understand how this uh, review system is going to work. Will the will the teams uh, be you know persisting on a decision to be reviewed, and then they will happen? Despite the people in the VAR box initially not flagging for it, is that the concept or what will the role of the VAR referees be? Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I am I don't get this whole idea. I think it's counterproductive. Yeah, it'd be, counterproductive. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it works because in cricket, now in test cricket in ODIs, I think it's two reviews, and also if you play T20s, and it's also two two reviews. Um, that was brought in for the howler, so the massive mistake. So if you say you, some people might not. If you edge, if you miss the ball and you're given out, and you think you don't hit, have not hit it, you can review it. You're given 15 seconds to talk to your uh, to your other batsman at the other end, yeah. and you can go upstairs and then also it's the same as the, if you're the bowling team, you've got a couple of reviews, the new laws that are brought in for leg before wicket. I, I apologize if some of the American or Canadian or other European for uh, listeners do not understand the sport of cricket. I apologize. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the, the each team is given like three reviews. Um, if they think it's out, they can challenge if they're not, um, they're given, uh, is it three reds for out and stuff like that? In football, it could work. Um, it might stop the game, but and as you said, in cricket, there is a third and fourth umpire. They do check for no balls now in the sport, but they don't watch. They don't specific specific on each moment of the game like they do in football, where they tell you if it's offside or not, or if it's a foul. Um, it could be interesting to see, but then it could peter out in a way that it would in, in, in the football, but I, I wouldn't mind it. Tr- see if they trial it, it could be interesting to watch, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of coming down your path where uh, it could be, it could be a disaster. 
Yeah, I, don't, I, I just don't get the purpose. I mean, what will it? What will it contribute to, except for more delay and and, and yeah, uh, yeah. I just don't get the point. I think the referees in the VAR box uh, have a role, and mm. they watch the game, they catch up, they catch these incidents, and that's what they should do. Uh, so I'm not in favor of this, absolutely not. No, no, no. That's understandable. Um, should we go to listeners' questions before we wrap up? Let's do it. Yeah, we've got four questions. Um, I sent out a tweet on my lunch this afternoon. Um, thank you to the guys who sent in the listeners' questions. Um, Florenzi's hair, a.k.a. Teo, all the way from Canada. Um, he goes, was this one over before it started? Did you expect more rotation from Josie, or is it important to use these games to keep everyone sharp for May 25? I think it's a bit early to speak about keeping a momentum or keeping this guy fresh for 25th of May because especially so soon after the Leicester game mm. uh, which we spoke about so I would have preferred to see rotation I mean I don't I, I don't understand the point of bringing on Shomorodov in really? 89 minutes yeah. uh, that's uh, that's that's a decision you know which is difficult to understand I would have what started him. I would have started him yesterday instead of an extra one of the extra midfielders. I thought he deserved yeah. a little bit of a run out. I, w- I would have rested. Uh, I would have rested Abraham, especially when you saw him against Leicester and yeah, you know, full cramps. He he probably would have benefited from a rest. And um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more rotation in this game. And uh, I would definitely, definitely arrest a lot of players for the Venezia game because if you can't beat Venezia with those players, then then you might as well just call in for the Conference League uh, again for next season. Yeah, no, I mean, like you should just focus on the Conference League yeah. final then. If you can't yeah. beat Venezia with your BT, because now it's time to rest players. You need them fit because it's been a long season. It's been a lot of games and. You know, we've been playing in the Conference League and uh, Serie A as well. Since July, I think, the Conference League, isn't it? Since the last... Was it July or was it late or mid-August, sorry? Yeah, mid-August against Trabzonspor, I think it was. Yeah, and pre-season games in July. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, on top of that, we have uh, not rotated the squad a lot, so he hasn't used all the players as much as you would have liked. So it's obvious that these players can feel it when the season coming to an end and probably in good need of rest. Mm. Um, I, I hope he does rotate a bit for for Saturday. I was hoping he would rotate yesterday. Um, I probably would have seen either Vina or Al Sharari start a left wing back, maybe Kumbula for Banyas. Um I feel, I think, you retweeted something off the account yesterday, which Ed tweeted saying that Oliveira and Cristante are probably a bit too similar. So you might have to start one and not start both. So you could have started one and brought in Vera too, and then probably pushed someone a little bit forward and brought maybe brought on Shimada off. Um, but yeah. yeah, but hopefully, or, or Bove could have played Bove in, in the game last night. I know. Um, but yeah, um, something that we could probably, sorry, someone that Jose could probably think of for Saturday against Venezia. Venezia are 
are almost relegated. Um, they managed to beat Bologna. Um, I, famous large words because um, they did beat Roma in, in Venice in November, but I think Saturday could be a tough task for them. Mm. It's famous last words. Watch me <laughs> eat my words when we record on Hank's podcast. Um, Kevin, aka Irish Roman Easter. Obviously, we face the real possibility that we could miss out on a Europa League now, both in the league and losing by uh, sorry, and by losing the final. Sorry, if this happens, how do you how bad do you think it would be for the club? I would be disappointed, but to still see the final in clear growth as positive signs if we miss out yeah if we potentially could miss out on Euro, Europa League sorry in the league and losing the final against Feyenoord in a couple of weeks oh, no 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 no. we can't think like that we're going to win that finals I'm... You're, you're 100% down for that aren't you oh yeah yeah uh, we're winning that final I'm <clears throat> I'm very confident Mourinho doesn't lose finals agreed doesn't yeah do doesn't lose finals yeah, that's what is. So I'm very confident. I'm very confident. Actually, we will win the conference league, um, and I'm even ready to eat my words if that doesn't happen. But uh, <laughs> someone will, but, yeah. clip, someone will clip this up. That's okay. I'm just, yeah. I'm just expressing my, you know, my personal yeah. opinion, uh, feeling. Yeah. <laughs> my car, it's, it's, it's a, it's a feeling. I'm, I'm confident. I think we will, I think we will win the. Uh, conference league we are stronger than Feyenoord and uh, we should definitely beat them if we want to if we want to realistically be aiming for you know Champs League and Europa League then it should beat it should be teams like uh, Feyenoord I think quality wise we are better than them uh, so that alone should be enough to overcome them of course it will be it will be a tight game it will be a difficult game uh, but I think we, we will win that game if we don't and we don't qualify for uh, Europe I think uh, there could be a blessing in disguise because you can uh, you can rest uh, more between the match games and focus only mm-hmm. on Serie A and try to get into the Champions League that could increase the chances but uh, I prefer to play in the Europa League and I would rather not play in the conference league again. It was fun this time, but uh, we need to, we need to, as a proof of uh, progression, we need to play in the the next, Europe the next league. one, yeah, the next yeah, one up, and then and push into the Champions League. No, yeah, no, then we win under. the Europa League next year, and then we'll qualify for the Champions League. So, and then win yeah. the Champions League the following year, and then get into the Club World Cup. Yeah, it's just to... yeah. Then, then we can just retire the club. Yeah, retire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all those trophies would look good in the in the cabinet next to the the last trophy we won in the preseason game. And then, yeah, yeah, I do yeah, joke. Yeah. I do joke about the bonsai tree, guys. I'm not taking that seriously. It's, it's people when people tweet about it take it as a joke it's not serious um but no there is that little bit of doubt in us football fans and, and as a roman easter um there is that doubt but you have to be confident in finals there's no way looking back um our yeah. um, um i think he we may have answered this question already um <laughs> but this is actually not a bad one uh do you think we'll see a change in refereeing next season it has to be clear how bad it it has been this year all over the league. It's been 
diabolical in Serie A this season. So many games I've watched scratching my head on refereeing decisions, and especially in the last couple of weeks. In the two relegation games I watched at the weekend, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the officiating in the games were ridiculous. But, but why, yeah. why why do you think that it has been like this? Because these are the same referees that have been going on for some some years, most of them. So why not? Is it, uh, is it the way... Uh, the the rules are being interpreted. Have they been given more free hands? It's a, a different way of interpreting rules. Or uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not really getting to the bottom of it. I don't understand it. Why all of a sudden? I think hasn't refereeing in Serie A been a massive problem for a long time? We had the what was it the Calciopoli scandal, and that's going way back in 06 and all the repercussions and that. I think this season, I think you said it on VAR, the interpretation of the of the rules. Remember, what was it, the season before, every handball was given and you yeah. think, that can't be given. It's basically shot at him in t- from two yards away and his, yeah. his arms are out and it's. I think it's the interpretation of the rules and all the rule changes and all the way that the the people on the VAR booths, how they interpretate the rules. Like I watch a league here, the football league, and over here in the UK, refereeing in this league is it's been shocking for a long, long time. They don't get there's no VAR in the Championship League One and League Two. The way that the rules are interpreted in the Premier League are different to other leagues. This season, there's been more spotlight on social media. I just think. Sometimes it has to change. The refereeing it is the same referees, but oh, I swear some of them have just got worse and worse. Maresca, Guida, oh, don't get me started on those two. Last night mm. just threw me on the edge. Mm. No, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's my biggest issue and worry is that it's it's going in the wrong direction. It's not getting mm. any better. Uh, when you have situations where you have refereeing that has been so poor, you have to address it. You have to come up with ideas to make it better. You have to analyze, go through situations, and and try to find uh, the underlying cause, and you have to correct it to prevent uh, this from happening again. All these mistakes. Or the other thing is you come up with uh, you come up with ideas or uh, or or ways to to address that issue, but apparently it just seems to get worse, and that's my <laughs> biggest worry. And I don't think it's enough to just change referees. I don't think the individuals themselves are poor. Uh, I think I think something there's somewhere there's something wrong with the system as well uh, in the way. Are they getting the right training? Are they having, you know, in the meetings or they must have some sort of uh, meetings, conferences where they go through stuff and discuss stuff, debate, try to improve, have meetings. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering what they get of it, what they discuss there and why things are not being addressed or uh, or being corrected, uh, so it, it's a big mystery to me. Um, I'm just thinking, who is the head of the Italian refereeing? Is it? Um, it's not Rossetti, is it Rossetti, or is it? Um... 
he was. He's been a lot of uh, a lot in the media, right? Yeah, uh, it's not cleaner. Um, oh, it was Rocky, Gianluca Rocky. Rocky, uh, yeah, okay. he replaced Rizzoli. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised with Rocky um, and some of the horror shows. That's not. Oh, yeah. That's not a pun. <laughs> by the way, sorry, Rocky horror shows. Sorry, <laughs> I just really I... love that. It all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> oh, I just said Rocky. Ro- Ro- yeah. <laughs> I still can't forget his horror show in 2014 yeah. against Juventus. That was. Oh yeah, uh, about the one in 18 against Inter at home. That that was yeah. The the oh, one yeah. against Juventus was yeah um yeah the the non penalty the the yeah Pogba incident and then the third goal where Vidal scores and who was. In the line of the keeper, Vidal. Vidal was, I think, oh. it was Vidal who was, uh, in, you know, obstructing oh, yeah. the view. Pogba scored in was, Vidal. Yeah, no, it was Bonucci who scored. Bonucci, oh. Bonucci scored a winning goal, and then uh, Vidal was, I think, uh, in offside position, <laughs> obstructing the view. Sorry, yeah, um, I may have, my memory's quite good. So sometimes that's the game I like to forget. And then I remember Bonucci having a go at Totti for trying to celebrate in front of the Roma fans after he scored that penalty. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The less we talk about that, the better. We don't talk about that game. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Oh. <laughs> it brings back bad memories. Uh, Daniel Silva with our final question. And uh, this is a very good question. It leads into next season. Um, he says, guys, how many players do you think we might sign this summer for squad depth without losing quality? Oh, I think, uh, I don't think we are in the position where we should worry about losing quality because our aim should be definitely to improve the quality of the team because this team needs to be improved both in terms of the starting lineup and the squad depth. I mean, so your your backup player, your rotational player, you need an uplifting quality in on in all departments. I would say you need a you need to get a better backup goalkeeper. Um, you need to get better backups, um, especially in right if right right back yeah. midfield. You need a starter in midfield. You need to you need a different type of player, a destroyer in midfield, defensive midfield, physical. Athletic uh, midfielder, you need uh, probably a trequartista type of player too. If you're gonna, especially someone who can a younger version or similar style of play uh, with uh, like Mikitarian, someone like that. I think Mikitarian could be good for another season, but I think his role next season should be more like a rotational player, yeah. uh, and we should already be looking for or, or at least sign someone we can integrate fully. By the time he he he, he finishes his cycle with his club, uh, so I think uh, that has to happen. And uh, and if we are going to if we're going to improve and aim for top four next season, then yeah, we, this squad needs some. I won't say major overhaul, but I would say definitely uh, improve. You know, improve it further. Some slight tweaking. Um... Going forward, probably in in some key areas, um, I imagine all the Tiago Pinto and Co. and Josie have ideas on who they want the players who they want to bring in. There's the goalkeeper um, from Benfica. I think that's been confirmed, hasn't it? 
I don't think it's confirmed but by the it, club, but it's pretty much confirmed by the but, media. My, yeah, it's nothing been talked about by the club. There was this um, Gonzalo Guedes, or Gedge, if you're Portuguese, um, the Valencia winger's been talked about. Um, Valencia, sorry, Valencia winger slash attacker. I think he's been playing up front for a little bit this season. Um, I think it's all down to where Roma finished in the league um, and the money that's been given to them from, from uh, the Freakins. Uh, I imagine, like myself and Man, you're pretty excited for what is going to happen in the summer. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and for part two, season two, it should be quite fun. Um, yeah, I think it all depends on what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I think, like I said, I think he's got his ideas for players. I think. Uh, uh, do you reckon there'll be a massive overhaul, or do you just think a few players will leave? Massive. Uh, there will be a lot of changes. A lot of players are not good enough. There's a lot of players that need to move forward, and uh, so I think there will be. I think there will be a lot of changes, but not probably not necessarily in the starting lineup, but more in the, the depth. Uh, the depth, you know, the players who are just sitting on the bench, not uh, doing anything. Diawara uh, is one of the metal lines. Won't be signed permanently. Uh, Davide Santon's contract will expire. Uh, yeah, in and, uh, six weeks, I think it is. Six weeks, the end of June. Yeah, that's, yeah. He did a fat. He did a one Jesus from last season and just let yeah. his contract run, run, run. To be honest, I don't blame him. No, and then you have Carlos Perez. Yeah. Probably look. He will also probably look for a new club. Uh, Shumurodov is another player you should think about what you want to do with him because that signing hasn't worked out. If you want to cut your losses probably this summer or if you really believe that he can be good in the, in the second season, then of course, yeah, then he will stay. But El Sharawi is another player you need to start thinking about which role he yeah, what's so best if, for if, him? If, if he has suitors in Serie A, then I would definitely try to move it on because he's he's not giving you he's not giving you the quality and uh, uh, and the services for the wages he's getting so he he's an expensive player for that to have for the services offering this team i think Feretu could be a yeah, player yeah just about to mention Feretu. maybe cristante i know cristante as well i i doubt cristante will move but uh, if we if we're thinking of a major overhaul, then yeah, then he's one of them as well. He, I think, uh, if you're thinking long term, he's not good enough. But he's a very, he's a very liked guy in the team. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's a very he's dependable. A very, yeah, especially in the dressing room, his yeah. personality, his presence, versatility, and uh, he, he's an exceptional guy to have in the dressing room, but he's not an exceptional guy to have in the midfield when you're going to play Real Madrid or Barcelona. So yeah. there's a difference there. You have to choose your battles, and I think ultimately in the long term, he's not good enough for this team, but I think he's good enough to be in the squad for this team uh, next year. Uh, not as a so. starter but as a squad player no I, I agree I actually don't mind him I think he's a very good player um, I just think he maybe been playing in the wrong position I'd probably, probably yeah. see him as a number 10 as he did at Atalanta but then he's been dropped back as a, to a defensive midfielder and then he's played at centre-back um, I think he did well at centre-back but 
I wonder if his time in Rome is coming to an end. I think Jordan Veritu, yes. He looks like a player who may have been playing for a move in the last couple of weeks. Uh, didn't he drop his agent recently or something like that? And he rejected a contract offer from the club last year? Uh, he rejected the contract offer. Um, reportedly, he did that, but I don't know. I don't know about uh, the agent business. I okay. thought that I could have been reading something from a long time ago, <laughs> but yeah. And you know, the mercato is also very opportunistic, uh, so you can have some unexpected uh, twists and turns. We can give you. We can open up uh, where you can potentially sign the promising player. Uh, or, and on the other hand, there could be interest uh, for some of your players, which you didn't have, which you didn't have planned to do initially. But then you have to, you just have to go for it because uh, because the mercato is very dynamic. There are there can be a lot of, like I said, un- unexpected twists uh, which can. Uh, have a domino effect and players being moved around. So so that will also be uh, a factor which you cannot necessarily plan on, but which can become relevant uh, once the yeah, once the mercato is uh, has come. We do like a domino effect in the transfer market. It happens quite a lot, especially over here in England where everyone panics on the final day of the season and tries to get all their deals done by early. Like I, I do on Football Manager, buy early, get you, <laughs> get you all your stuff sorted out early. Yeah, but you can, you know, it's like uh, it's like in the supermarket, you can get some really good deals on the last day. Yeah, you know? on the last day. So, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of teams they have their businesses conducted long before the last day, but then they look for the good deals on the on yeah, the last on the day, final day, and, and then we- you have other clubs they postpone their. Uh, main transfers looking for some really good deals on the last day and then when it doesn't happen you have an incomplete squad yeah, and everyone just goes into complete full-blown panic mode and it's just oh god it's unbearable and then as you said you have a, an unbalanced and incomplete squad for three months and then you've got the next transfer window in January but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um I think that will wrap up the podcast. We've gone almost 50 minutes. Um, guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on the website. You can find us on all uh, uh, po- podcast platforms. I almost lost my trail of thought there. So you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Imran, thank you for joining me on this Tuesday evening. We normally record on a Monday evening or or Sunday uh, if there's a Saturday game. But thank you for joining me on this Tuesday evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, as always. Uh, we've talked about officiating, um, transfers, um, refereeing, poor refereeing, etc., etc. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, guys, and always remember, for Saroma and ciao. Ciao.